Why go to all the trouble of experiencing the great outdoors for yourself when you can listen to a few Northwest Outdoor experts yap about it? This is the Three Rivers Marine Outdoor Line with Tom Nelson, Rob Ensley, and Joey Pyburn on Seattle Sports Station. The Outdoor Line is brought to you by Yamaha, Sportco Outdoor Emporium, Weldcraft and Duckworth Boats, Roy Robinson RV, Kitsap Marina, Harbor Marine, Ray Marine, and Les Schwab Tires. Hello, good morning, and welcome to the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710 and the Seattle Sports app, streaming live on MyNorthwest.com. Don't forget about the live video feed on 710sports.com, and of course, the venerable TheOutdoorLine.com with blogs, podcasts, and so very, very much more. Hot enough for you, Joey Pyburn? The fishing, yeah. <laughs> Incredible. The, little... the last couple of days were, that was some of the funnest Chinook fishing I've experienced on Puget Sound. And, and, and I've done a lot of it. This this coming from somebody that, you know, we fished, we fished CQ in the opener, hauled the boat up to, seat, to Sitka, and come back down here. I was in the Queen Charlotte's in between that. And this that, this blue, sit, my on, experience salmon fishing in Sitka this year, dude. Puget Sound blew it out of the water. And we had the undeniable honor of fishing with... Uh, Really, a couple people that are going to change the way you look at your boat and at your gear. And I'm talking about my dear friend, Phil Spielgene of Yamaha. Good morning, Phil. Good morning. And and kind of the bell of the ball right now with regard to marine propulsion, none other than Greg Shero himself with his innovative Shero propellers. Good morning. Welcome to the show, Greg. Great to be here. Thanks for having me, guys. So we I don't even know where to freaking start because, you know, you had never really experienced um, what do you call it? Military style fishing. Para, let's call it. Let's call it para, paramilitary. We're paramilitary on the boat, right? You have to go yes or no, sir. But um, you know your your overview of what you expected coming out here to the Pacific Northwest and fishing for the first time versus what you experienced. It it was incredible from the very beginning when you know I showed up nine minutes late and you're like, we got to get in the water. We got to go. We got to get our gear in the water. <laughs> I felt this sense of urgency that you know. Okay, we got to go. You're like, grab some props, and I let's grab, go. You know, yeah. Let's go. Let's do it. And the entire experience from beginning to end, uh, from you know, you know, getting the gear in the water, and 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 then reeling in the fish, and then getting them on the boat, and um, it was something that I have never experienced in my life, and it, it really changed the way that I view, you know, how our products can help, you know, this particular market sector. And now Phil Spielgene, who's now becoming like an old hand, right? Behind the wheel for the last couple days and, straight, and you know straightening down a drag, fishing some very challenging current conditions. I mean, our heading line is like this, and our course is over here, and and neither the twain shall meet. It, I mean, there's some ripping currents out there right now. It was unbelievable, yeah. and that's one of the things I love about this area is the diversity, the scale of what you do, and what you have to overcome between every individual drag that you go through. There is different, and my brain is just spinning, and I love absolutely every part of it. I mean, and, and you know. You see how it changes what happens on the boat when Tom and I can have somebody who can drive that boat. Oh, yeah. Once we, you know, and that, that boat is so easy to to keep on course. Um, but, it, you know, like like Tom said, you know, you got your black line and your blue line. And people <laughs> mix them up all the time and they don't understand it. But you did an amazing job. And it, well, thank you. look it yesterday I think we probably hooked somewhere around 20 Chinook mm-hmm. in a a couple hours, maybe hour and a half. It was crazy, so, crazy. And we were able to do that because you drove yeah, the boat absolutely. and we could run the gear. The, the comments will get you, you know, the praises will get you. <laughs> Continue on. Yeah. But it really is a place that makes me, as someone who gets to run boats in a lot of different areas, 
it's a place that makes me a better boater because, and we probably talked about this a little bit, the complexity of trolling deep and trolling slow in a dynamically changing environment is just spot on. And you are further challenged by the fact that we are in a 30-foot boat that's nine feet wide. Okay? Right. So it's, a, it's an above-average boat for that fishery. So while you're fishing that boat, you want it to be big. Right. But when you're operating that boat, you want it to operate like a smaller boat. And for the first time with the Cheryl props, that's what I experienced on that 30-foot Yamaha-powered Duckworth, was the fact that we had we, we tried several different props, and now we hit one that looks like the tuning fork on Yamaha. Bang, right? The whole boat just hums. But we need, when we're at the end of our run in that drift, I want that boat to pop out of the water, get up, and go. And and that's what I experienced for the first time with the Cheryl props. So, and, and we said this before the show, Greg. Mm. Who doesn't want a better responding boat? Who doesn't want to burn less fuel? But what the ant- unanticipated and amazing benefit is, they're so much quieter. Oh, yeah. I could not believe. We, it's, it's as quiet. And, and this, the way I, the be- I can best express this is we used to run two strokes. When you and I started fishing together, we were on a Wellcraft 28 running two strokes. Okay, mm-hmm. and, and they were loud, but I didn't care because that boat just, just – it was a rocket, right? I didn't care. I didn't even think. All, all the outboard is going to be loud. Then – Here's the Yamaha-powered Duckworth. Wow, that's a lot quieter, and it's easier on you. You can relax. And that's another step further because now the cabin with the rear door open is as quiet as it used to be when it's closed. And and did did you – so – but I I think the best thing we we can do for our our listeners right now is what are Cheryl props – How? Tell us a little bit about your background and how this came to be, because it's a fascinating story. Greg. I'll start. It, it came from the desire to make something quieter. You know, so I'll tell the story real quick. I, I had been working as a video producer in Philadelphia and uh, working in specifically in classical music, um, you know, genre. I was trying to film an orchestra with a drone, and classical music gets really quiet. So you can't just have a quiet drone. You have to have a noiseless drone. And it led me to start looking at the tip of the blade, because the tip of the blade creates vortices that are really noisy i thought well if i want to use it for classical music i can't just make those vortices small i have to eliminate them i have to get rid of the tip and uh when i thought about that kind of i I kind of challenged myself to ask the question of like what would a tipless propeller look like and how would it function and i asked myself that question going to bed waking up and i was walking my dog the next day and this idea just kind of popped in my head and from the moment I envisioned it in my mind i i realized the the potential uh, for it to not only uh, make things quieter, but also uh, have incredible efficiency gains. And uh, that was, you know, about 10 years ago. Ever since then, we've been, you know, doing the development process R&D, 78 patents around the world now, and now for the last couple of years, we've been selling them to the recreational market. 70, 78 patents around the world. Yes. That's crazy. And so this, you you didn't even have marine propulsion in mind at the time. This was to make a drone quieter so yes. you could film from different camera angles. It, Exactly, and, and, yeah. And then to test this concept, it was, my understanding, it was less expensive to do so in, in, a, marine, in, a, in a water environment? In a water environment, it was, it was cheaper and easier uh, to get really good, clean data uh, in the water than it was in air. We could make smaller prototypes. They cost a fraction of the cost of the larger prototypes for air. So we were able to make hundreds of tiny little 70-millimeter prototypes, and we tested them in a dynamometer that we built ourselves in Philadelphia my engineering team, and uh, we got enough clean data that we could make modifications to the blade to optimize it doing using kind of trial and error. 
took 641 attempts before we got the one that, mm-hmm. Matt, that beat the standard prop. And, not 640. <laughs> uh, 641. See, it's, it's actually, we call it six. 641B. So it was it was one one gen uh, past the 641. And, and you made your first Shero prototype propeller out of what? The very very first one was made out of duct tape. <laughs> <laughs> I put it on the end of a drill and I took an empty. <laughs> it was the day I thought of the idea. I, I put a I took an empty a gallon jug of milk, put it on the countertop, and I made it was very scientific. Mm-hmm. I made a, a duct tape standard propeller and a duct tape shero propeller. And I put each one of them on a drill, and the standard one kind of wiggled the, uh, you know, the the empty, uh, you know, gallon, and the shero prop blew it off the table. And I was like, oh, okay, there's something here. No, and that, and, and so then, how Phil Spielgeen and Yamaha did you become aware of of Cheryl Marine's revolutionary? I'll use the word revolutionary because we're gonna, in next segment we're going to talk about some of the performance right. aspects of this wheel. But how did you become aware of it, and 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 what's now your impression of it? Well, that's one of the wonderful parts of my job. I get to get out there and literally look for things like this and go out with people and try to just bring these two, I call them dots, bring these two dots together. This guy's got something that it does. This guy's got something he needs. Ooh. And I'm, I'll, I'll speak selfishly. I'm always looking for a more efficient, better fishing experience for myself and all of my friends and all of my customers. And we'll go back to Joey and I sitting on the back of your boat, cruising back in. My voice doesn't carry really well. We're yelling at each other. Yesterday, we spent the whole entire day having fantastic conversations at a level just like this. And it was immediate. I, I, I noticed it. I'm on that back deck a lot. And right away, you know, we, we ran conventional props up. We switched to Shero props at, at Port Townsend. And then we motored away. Right away, I could even at 1,000 RPMs, I could feel that the, the back deck was smoother, less vibration there was just something. And then when we started to power up, I was like, whoa, I'm hearing the motors, the hum of the motor where before I thought I was, but what I was hearing was noise, like cavitation under the, you know, above the water, this rumbling sound. And, and then Phil and I sat down and we're having this conversation. And I was like, we're just talking like this. <laughs> yeah. Where normally I'm having to really elevate my voice to, to have a conversation on the back deck. And, and that's something I, I, I did not anticipate. But, but I, I mean, it's, it's, it's profound. I mean, yeah. the first time that I got a demo on a Shero propelled uh, boat, I'm standing there going, hmm, okay, this is going to make me have a better day on the water. Yeah. It's cool going- to be able to hear those big twin 300s at, at hammer down, dude. 50. Four, we're doing forty-five <laughs> miles an hour, and those motors are like, what? they're liking it, just like screaming, and you can hear the motor. You're not like, hearing all that water noise, like we've talked about before, and I've said on here. Your boat and your motors are talking to you all the time, Amen. and when their story changes, you need to listen you need to, to be the able story to hear they're it. telling you. Maybe they're changing. You need to change how you're driving me. Maybe you need to change this, and maybe you need to give me some love and maintenance mm-hmm. me. You know, and and that's one of the things that's that's been so educational spending the time that we've spent together, both in Sitka and here, starting the first year we had the boat, was your ear, your mm-hmm. well-tuned ear. And, and while we were up in Sitka, I was running the original set of wheels. Yes, I've had them to the prop shop and had right. them cleaned up and stuff. But, but what, was, what, what was eye-opening to me was when we were up in Sitka, you go, you know, when's the last time you had these props kind of gone over, right? right? And, and so prior to this test, you, know, you, 
sent me a new a new set and and uh, I changed the lower unit lube. You want to start out absolutely fresh and run these things in, and that's what makes to me this test so valid is because we had we had brand new wheels on the boat to start with, and then we started doing this exactly no yeah. nobody can say oh you took this horribly handling performing boat and you put a good performing propeller on it and now everybody's happy you could have put brand c or brand d yeah, or brand absolutely. D on it. Absolutely. no we started with a phenomenally handling boat with a propeller that you were really happy, happy with yeah, absolutely Saltwater series propellers a fantastic propeller you put right. 1100 hours on that one you just need a little play you know a little brush it up so what i what i want to say is we we hit the data um, screen on the raymarine and it said the trip from the time of on the boat, said 18,000 miles. What I want to talk about is the last 100 we just spent running. We're going to do that next here on the Outdoor Line. Text us up, 206-421-3776. We'll be right back here. Give us 90 seconds, and we're going to tell you what I just figured out in the last 100 miles I ran this doggone boat here on the Outdoor Line. Seattle Sports Station 710, Seattle Sports App. From the shining shores of Puget Sound to your radio, this is the Outdoor Line on Seattle Sports Station. Welcome back to the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710, Seattle Sports app. Matt Nelson running the show. Jacob Watson watching things back there from uh, from Yamaha right there. Of course, Joey Pyburn and uh, our very special studio guest today, Phil Spielgene of Yamaha. And of course, Greg Shero of Shero Propellers. And during the break, Greg goes, so what, did, what, did, what did you learn during the last 100 miles that, you know, you didn't learn in 18,000 miles over, you know, three and a half years? <laughs> well, so, it, and I can only, you know, relate this story because the two strokes we were running on the last boat – They've just got more torque in the low end than four strokes. It's you know it's not even a point that's worth debating, but with that comes a whole nother set of issues. But what I missed was that first little pop out of the hole, and while that boat, the, the pop the, out of the hole, that was some of the funnest testing we did because we did it with the the conventional props. We're talking idling, motor in gear, three, two. One drop the hammer, drop the hammer, and we we did that a bunch. I loved it. I sat on the back deck, and that's that's so fun for me. And then with the the Cheryl props, you can. I was standing at the bait table, like looking down, and when uh, the only way I can explain it is, they grab. It's like having a big knobby motorcycle tire in you know the dirt, and you hit it, and that thing grabs, and those things grab, and that boat. We would, they would yell from the cab, hold on. And, and you had to hold on. And I just sat at the bait table and my body would just get pinned to the back of the boat. And it was so cool to watch the, the difference in the wash. Phil and it I is. sat back the, the and walked. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, so interesting. And that's what guys want, Greg. And you know this, they want yeah. that seat of the pants, mm-hmm. but it's not just your seat of the pants. It's also your eardrum. Yeah. It's not just your eardrum. It's your wallet. Okay, I just had a I just had a guy um, hit me. You know, well, gee, these props are really expensive. Yeah, but you know what? I'm 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 revenue positive within a year, nine months to a year. Those things pay for themselves with mm-hmm. fuel. Now, am am I the average user? No, dude. We roll that boat. And yeah, we roll it. They do. We roll it in three different states and 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 a, and a foreign country, right? So so we we fish more than the average bear, right? Sumi, mm-hmm. right? But so when I feel something like that that I haven't felt before, dude. It's, it's exciting. It, it is exciting, but I don't want to, dude. I can say I'm twenty twenty five percent on fuel at my cruise RPM, and I don't. There's nothing else out there that will even offer anything close to that. Right, and and if you go a little slower, which you can now, yeah, 
You know, you could go 26 now where you couldn't before. I don't want to. And if you did. That's, well, le- that's more time but, running and less time but fishing. You, if you're you right. Did, you're right. We you would, are we would right. fall off step before. Before. And, and now, now we don't. don't. And that's one of the coolest things about the prop is it gives you, I call it second gear. Yeah. Uh, before now you've got, you've got, before you're, you're either on plane or you're not, right? And, and now you've got this whole other operating range where you can cruise from 2,500 to 4,000 RPMs. And that goes back to one of the things that's really unique about this market and where this propeller is one of the really strong attributes is you're covering so much area quite a bit of the time. And, and, and when you have to set one of these long, deep, slow drags, mm-hmm. that just takes time. There's only so many hours in the day. There's only so much fishable time, right? So much in the tide. And to be able to get there quicker and be able to have a more efficient experience while you're out there doing that, be able to come into a hole cruise around a sonar, see if there's any life, see if it's what you want to see, or say, no, we're going to go bail to point B or point C. Just having the ability to hit those more spots to give you that better probability of catching fish is, is what's more, again, it's what we're all looking for. It's that yep. efficiency. It's that experience on the water. And it's not something you can put a ticket on. It's not something you put no, a price on. You yeah, we can, we can quantify really easily. Yeah. We spent this much money in right. Alaska. We have a worksheet. It's, it's really yeah, clear, this, right? This is what I mean, costs. this is, this is right. tangible. We, yeah. could, we, could, we could calculate this, but then how do I calculate the kind of experience that Joey and I had, and I had yesterday talking on the back? We were able to talk about more. You can't put a price on that because that's what we do. That gets yeah, back to uh, people ask me, what's ROI? You know, on this and that would be return on investment for right. the fisherman. Exactly. What's the return on investment? And I tell people <laughs> it's when you turn the key yeah, for the right. very first time, right. because your experience is forever changed. Uh, people tell me they, they try for the first time and they say, I feel like I just got a brand new boat. Is there's, it's this one piece of equipment. What one piece of equipment can you swap out on your boat and change your entire boating experience? And so that's what gets me excited. And you guys shared with me something I've never experienced. Uh, you know, this week I've never experienced the kind of fishing that that we did, and it was exciting. And I now I feel like I have to pass that on. And I know you guys get geeked when you see people like me come out there and and experience these things for the first time. And uh, for me, what's exciting is going out and, and showing you guys this technology and seeing. Yeah, the, re- the reaction that you have. And I, I think they're, the two things are kind of related. What did Dr. Frankenstein say when the monster first awoke? You know? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. no. Oh, no. We've created a monster. Yeah. yeah no, I, but, I've caught the bug. Yeah. I've caught the bug. And I, I, realize I, have, I have all these great fishing boats, and I don't use them for fishing. I use them for, like, testing and demos, yeah. and yeah. I'm putting rods on them now. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's bad now. But, but you're, you're, you're exactly right. There's nothing else. It, it's like, dude, it's... It's the bullet. It's the bullet in your rifle. It's the tip of your hook. It's it's your props. It's where the rubber meets the road, and and what we have here is profound. And I'm I'm absolutely fired up about it. All right. Well, you started talking about fishing. Mm, We're gonna pop no. out of here for a quick break. We're gonna kind of talk about all what all this Yamo, Yamaha Shero testing, crab and fishing, prop swapping ended up to, and the experience that we have had here. Right. So again, load, load up that text toy, guys. Two zero six four two one three seven seven six. I'm seeing a lot of great input. Let's here talk right some now. fishing. Let's I want to talk some fishing. All right, we're yeah. let's we're, now we're going to fish. Okay, so we'll be right back here on the outdoor line, Seattle Sports Station seven ten and Seattle Sports app. Welcome to the BOMAC Tech Line. BOMAC has all the gear for all your techniques, and SMI shellfish gear is simply the best. BOMAC, we catch big fish. Welcome back to the outdoor line, Seattle Sports Station seven ten and the Seattle Sports app. Big thanks to uh, BOMAC or dear friend Bob Buchanan for. Uh, Setting us up with so much great stuff. I mean, that his line coiling system on the boat for crabbing is, it, it was a game changer for us. Well, and we had one of the best coilers oh, Matt in Watson. the game. 
Excuse me, excuse me. Oh. Jacob Watson, sorry. There's another Matt Watson from uh, New Zealand. He was, uh, he, he's a dandy. Not but, only was the Chinook fishing good, but the crabbing was pretty good, right? It was, yeah, and eating them yeah. <laughs> on the dock. Yeah. Was, we have very benefit realizing I could just crack it open with my teeth instead of, you know, instead of, you know, cracking open with a, you know, with a cracker. Had, no, so had you ever, you ever done the dungeon-ass crabbing thing before? Never, never. Yeah. And um, I remember you, you, you're like, here's how you do it. And you put it in your mouth, and then he handed it to me, and it's just, it, it was a primal experience. You're standing in the dock and eating the crab. Eating hot crab. Mm. And there, yeah, there's hot nothing crab. better. And, and standing on the dock, you know, we, we're all on the boat together all day, and we're just talking, and everybody's having conversation, and we're, we're fishing, and it's, you know, fast-paced. And then we get back, and I fillet all the fish, and Tom's cooking the crab on the dock, and everybody's still having conversation. Oh, and then Phil's, all of a sudden— Phil's cleaning crab, too, dude. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah and then absolutely. all of a sudden— yeah. It's just quiet. Silence. The silence. All you hear is the sound of crack, crab crack. cracking. And and Phil's been telling me about this for three months. Ever since he said we got to get out there and and we got to do this, he's like, and we we are going to catch Dungeness crab. And he's get, gets this excited kind of like tone in his voice. And we're going to catch salmon, and we're going to eat the Dungeness crab on the dock. And I was like, okay, that's cool. And uh, and, and he and every time we talked, he's like reiterated this and. And uh, and then experiencing it, I it's just amazing. I actually, I took a, a picture of Phil. He was everyone was away from the crab pot, and he was just standing there, kind of looking at it, like with the with yeah. excitement on <laughs> his face, this smile. He's in his happy place. It's funny and, to watch. You know, I got up on the top of the boat and took pictures of the deck, and everybody just leaning over the rail with this oh, anticipation, yeah. just looking at this line going down into the water, like, "Ooh, what's coming up?" Well, you, you know, notice where I am, right? Oh yeah, I do it all the time, and it for me, it's. It never gets old. I I'm I watch as it's coming up on the sounder, so I yeah. know, you know, it's at a hundred feet, it's at fifty, it's at twenty five. There's and that then there's that stick again. On I the line. know. <laughs> I some people that are on the boat, they go lean over and they're leaning over the boat the whole time. Right. And I'm like, there's four hundred feet of line, dude. <laughs> and then I'm like, look, it's just now coming off the bottom. You've been standing over there for like two minutes. It's at hundred and fifty feet right now, and so I just kick back, and then when it's like at 12 feet, I go over and I'm right there. And you, you know, you look down in the water and here it comes. And I can tell how many crab are in it when it's 10 or 12 feet down because I can see the, the white, you know, mm-hmm. the, the white legs color. and whatnot. Yeah. But that, oh. that Duckworth is absolutely set up for that. We got the live well across the back and the extendable puller that sticks out there in the capstan. You know, it's that thing, that thing just hauls. But, oh, your setup is so just a it's, crab crushing it, machine. It is. You got the rear, rear helm back pot. there to, to, to set the boat up to, to set the gear. So, so, uh, Phil Spielgene, you, you and I now have spent, you know, all, days. Yeah, almost, almost. What do you say? Twenty eight days on the water days now. On the water in, now in, since since twenty nineteen, when I first got that boat, and and so you know, looking at your the way you looked at Pacific Northwest and Alaskan mm-hmm. fisheries then and now, and how that's going to translate into your product development. I mean, what are some of the inputs? What are some of the key takeaways from all that time on the water, Phil Spielgene? Well, this is just such a diverse environment and a dynamic environment, and when when you're trolling deep and slow like that, it's it's not just one technique that you have to do. I look at all the different techniques, the kingfishing techniques, the trolling techniques that we do, the other deep techniques that we do around the around the world, and they all culminate in salmon fishing. It's not just a visual thing. You gotta have the flash right, you gotta have the depth right, you gotta have the speed right. But it's also a scent thing. You gotta have the right bait. Mm-hmm. Is it does it need a hoochie? Does it need a spoon? Does it need a cut plug? It's, it's endless in the in the variety in such a dynamic environment. It keeps you on your toes. It's the most technical fishing on the planet. And and that's a key perspective because most of the world 
trolls surface orientation mm-hmm. shall, deep and excuse me shallow and fast right to right. shallow and fast big game right. you know poppers on the surface all that kind of stuff they troll shallow and fast all across florida they go you fish how deep yeah. how slow and they don't get it and and that that manifests itself in the manufacturer's direction mm-hmm. of some of their products even to the point where you know you can't find a center console bolt with a kicker on it right right and and if we don't have a kicker we're racking up thousands of hours on a really expensive outboard that doesn't give us the speed control imbued in a 25 25 horse right and i and i can't wait for everybody listening i don't talk about stuff that comes in the future (laughs) we just don't you know we always improve year over year but i can tell you the time that i've spent over up here the last several years is definitely translating to products that are going to directly make your fishing experience better I'm a simple man and I love to fish. So what can I do as a, what started out as a rank amateur, then I'm just, just rank. I'm not an amateur anymore. Right. So as we progress through this, now, how can I bring products that makes everybody here have a better experience, spend less money, get more smiles, turn their kids out on it, have a great time with it. I've been in the Marine world my whole life. It wasn't until you jumped on my boat that I had an outboard manufacturer that was interested in doing product development and, and, product testing on the water it wasn't until i i came aboard with renaissance marine group that that i had people jump on board my weldcraft and now duckworth and say listen how do we make this better and it wasn't until i met greg sherrill that i had somebody on board the boat that was inquisitive enough intuitive enough and inventive enough to come up with a product that made all these experiences that much better that much quieter and that much less expensive greg sherrill thank you and um you know what i experienced on on this trip that, that that really resonated with me, and um, is how the pick up and go is so important between you know between the spots, and how that that uh, performance attribute that you know is a stat that people love you know, seeing on our website, and they love knowing that they can they have a great hole shot. But it matters for you guys. Speed, you've, you've got to get you fish. you have to get exactly. out of the hole fast. You got to get to the next location really quickly, and so seeing that. Uh, that performance attribute have a real n- purpose was something that I thought was really really cool. And then communication. Uh, every time right before you, you you hit the hammer down, it was like, is everybody good in the back? And now you can actually hear yeah. everybody on yeah. the boat at all times. So it's safer, I think, for for people who are on the water twelve hours a day. You get tired, you know, and to be always be able to hear what everybody is saying, no matter what operating range you're at you're wide open throttle you know you could talk to someone in the back of the boat a wide open throttle and uh so seeing that firsthand and knowing all right this is something that could really help people who are commercial fishermen and or sport fishermen anybody who loves anybody, fishing, anybody. nobody wants you know I, I love the sound of the yamahas but we can now turn we turned the volume down a little bit of an, of an engine that was already quiet yeah and had tones that, that and that's something you you strive for in the right. factory setting is further db reduction in the engines nobody wants a loud engine all the way around noise vibration harshness yes. all of those things and and my big deal is how do we make your experience better how how do we make a product that's already really good even better how do we make something how do we change how we look at our boat how do we look outside the box and that's another great thing when i, I really keyed in with greg's in the very beginning you're looking outside the box to find a solution for a problem that that you didn't even know you had yet but but i know this other problem we have and we put those two things together it's just innovation and man thanks for having me on your boat so many times over these years just to really <laughs> translate it's <laughs> listeners thank tom thank all of these great sponsors that keep us out on the water to do this because it really does translate to a better experience for everybody down the road you know you mentioned the, the like jumping up out of the water. Like yeah. when, when we, 
Tom and I have a feeling that the the fish have we, we've outfished our run. Right. It's time to get the gear up and get back to the top. We there's a it's a, sometimes the bite is really short and you want to take advantage of that. And you saw everything we do on that boat. We do it as fast as we possibly can and it's as safely as we can. Operation. With all, you know, you got all these people on the back. Paramilitary. Okay. <laughs> all these people on the back deck. You have to do it safely. You got big, heavy cannonballs. You got, you know, cannon downriggers swinging around. You got nets. You got hooks. You got rods. But it all comes down to efficiency. When it, it when the bite is on, you have to take advantage. That's why I people ask like, man, how do you guys catch so many fish? It's like, well. We take it very seriously. Everything we do on that boat, we do it for a reason. Tom and I are constantly, like, we're almost connected yeah, and we it, don't have to talk. It's, it is. It's, it, a lot of it's nonverbal. But, but look at what you're coordinating here. Okay, if you're fishing 125 feet of water, well, you've got 250 feet of downrigger line, your cable going down, right? Mm-hmm. Then, you know, you got twice that in monofilament and braid going down there, too. Then you got two flashers down there. You want to coordinate all that while dropping the kicker down. Okay, at the end of the run, that 250 feet of wire's got to come up. All that, all that mono and braid's got to come up. And then 600 horses come into play. And, and so you get to coordinate that into a symphony of fish slaying, right? But again, you with the Cheryl props, I, I want that boat to be 30 feet wide and 9 feet, excuse me, 30 feet long and 9 feet wide while I'm fishing but I want it to be a little boat when I get it up on plane and go back. And that's what Cheryl has done for that boat, dude. It really felt different. Yeah. Everybody felt it. When we put that prop on, everybody, we were all looking at each other. And we were like, this feels good. Yeah. Just cruising. And, uh, and you know, so thank you guys. Dude, for, thank you, man. For I giving it. me the experience I had this weekend for giving me an opportunity to, to get these props on your boat. And um, I'm just so happy you guys are thrilled and that we all had a great experience and all learned something. How are you going to get that uh, cooler of salmon and crab through uh, airport security without those airport security guys starting? They, they look really well fed. <laughs> T- TSA looks... Look, <laughs> you no better stay in Seattle. You better no, duck, keep your hands you better off my... duct tape that cooler. <laughs> yeah. Use a whole roll of duct tape. None of those TSA, TSA guys are missing any meals. Dude. Yeah. So you just watch that. So tape it shut. Hands off my fish. <laughs> <laughs> well, Greg, Cheryl, thanks. Man. We'll let you get out of here and get a flight, but we appreciate it and hope, uh, hope we can talk you into coming back this neck of the woods. Thank you for having me. I'm definitely back. I got a year fishing license. I got we wanted you a two-day license he bought a year license yeah, this, yeah. This, this this could not end up well all right phil are you are you sticking around or are you gonna if you, you let me stay oh, yeah, no please absolutely here. all right man well let's, let's thanks greg thanks that, again thanks, guys yeah, really, amazing really appreciate it all right, all right pop out over quick break ray marine picks of the week next for the final saturday in july here in the outdoor line seattle sports station 710 seattle sports app Welcome to the Outdoor Line Picks of the Week, presented by Ray Marine Electronics. Don't just go fishing, go hunting underwater. Ray Marine, simply superior. The name of the game is multifunction navigational displays, both fluid touch and hybrid touch displays. Go check all that out and more at raymarine.com. Gee, Joey, what's top of mind for you? Mid-channel. Mid-channel was popping, and I want to... I want to go back there right now. <laughs> I do too. And I'm getting as soon sick. as the show's over. I would like to go back there. But listen, we have just been jamming, and and yeah. the shop is crazy busy. We're processing herring, and I'm fishing, and I need the day to kind yeah. of deal Good. with some life stuff. But I got buddies <laughs> that are up there right now, and it's it's going off. Yeah. Um. Let's get into a little bit of the gear we are running up there. Tell you what, let's put a pin in that, and okay. let's do that top of the seven o'clock okay. hour. I just kind of want to do one lap around 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 opportunities, and we we you know. Because look, it's area 10's cranking too. John Martinez went down there on on Wednesday 
right? And and uh, man, he had a great day at Jeff Head. He was out. He was done by about six thirty in the morning with his two. Yeah, and and a night like one of those fish Dude, was fifteen so pounds. I, I was really ticked because I was getting ready for for uh, for Philly to show up, right? And 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 you know, and Jacob and the rest of the Yamaha guys, and and so I was down at the, down at the marina plenty early, you know, and and. Checking my oil, making you know, straightening stuff up, getting ready for you know three hard days of or two hard days of solid angling. I mean, we we're on a boat twelve hours you know, on Thursday, and another, yeah. another ten yesterday. And and here comes John. I'm like, wait, what do you what? He goes, well, I'm done. It's like wait, it was eight o'clock, eight thirty, and he's in the back in the marina. Well, and, and our buddy Matt Chandler, he yesterday he sent me a picture. He had three Chinook and like five really nice sized coho. One of those coho was like six and a half pounds. And a couple really nice Chinook. Area 10 has been way better this yeah, in the last sure. like four or five days. Um, area 9, I saw a fish. I saw a picture of a fish that looked like it could yeah, be 30, mid 30s yeah, even. I, I, I'll give that fish 30 pounds, dude. I mean, that yeah. looked like a 40-pound 10-year-old or 8-year-old little girl trying to hoist that fish off the deck of that boat. That was a cranker, dude. There's some good, big good. fish around. And, and that's the interesting aspect to both the techniques we're using and the area we're, we're fishing in. So the top of Admiralty Inlet, man, all these fish come streaming in the Straits of Juan de Fuca, and they make that hard right turn at Point Wilson, or they're going to bump into Whidbey Island, the, you know, the, the west side of Whidbey Island, and shoot on down. Some of our biggest Chinook are yet to come. And, and, and I think you're going to find a higher percentage of larger Chinook maybe turning the corner of possession, maybe coming around in Area 10. Let's, let's not forget... The biggest hatchery, the biggest Chinook I heard of in Puget Sound last year was what? The dog on oil docks last year. Yeah, that guy got a forty. Yeah. Okay, and and I don't remember his name, but you know, if, so if somebody can text that into us four two one three seven seven six, and we can wrap this guy out. And I want a boat description, okay, and his WN numbers so we can send people <laughs> behind him because we need we need eyes on this guy, right? But but so you know, and I remember you know a few years ago, you know, we turned in the corner and and Matt got a thirty pounder on a plug. The very south you know, south tip of possession, southeast corner of the bar, running it in the dirt. And I think and, that this year, from what we've seen so far, um, you know, we're catching a lot of fish in that nine to twenty pound range, sure. and a lot of teeners. Yeah, a lot of. Teeners. And those teeners are, they're they're just fat football. So I think as we get further into August here, that's when those bigger fish usually show For up. Sure. We're going to see some. Yeah. There's going to be more 30-pounders caught this year than we've seen in the last five years. Uh, yeah, um, I completely agree. As far as other stuff that you can go do out there right now. What do you mean? Other, listen, other let's, get, let's give guys, not everybody, <laughs> not everybody wants right. to fish for Chinook. Okay, right. uh, Baker Lake yes. currently has 11,461 sockeye. That's a pile. And guys are getting them. Yeah. It's an early morning program up there. And then on the east side... We have a Lake Wenatchee opportunity for guys, which we haven't, we didn't have last year. So much fun! You ever, you ever done that one? I have. I, I did it with our buddy Nate Baker. Oh, we yeah. went over there, and, so, and I don't know, there was two hundred boats or something, and <laughs> and we just we murdered them. And I think the limit was like four or yeah. six or something. Dude, we those, killed eighteen sockeye or they're, something. They're, and they're yummy, man. They're uh, there's there's six hundred fifty nine thousand eight hundred seventy nine sockeye over Bonneville at this point. Huge run of sockeye, way over the ten year average. Um, tons of Chinook pouring into the the Columbia buoy. Ten kicks off here August first. Monday, 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 Monday. And Monday. trust me, there are guys down there oh, right yeah. now, just staring out there, waiting. <laughs> 
I want to fish below the bridge. Yeah. I want to fish Tongue Point. <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah, and, and so we're looking at, uh, an, you know, last year was excellent angling and, and on a Chinook forecast of slightly under half a million Chinook. Now we're talking a forecast of slightly over half a million Chinook, and I think that forecast is light. Every forecast so far, so far has, has been, been and, and 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 now you back that up with another million, which now- 1.2. 1.2 million coho. Yeah. Right? Dude. And they're everywhere out there right now. I mean, we're, I think I saw, um, I, I think I saw five or six coho jump yesterday at mid channel and, and, and I wasn't looking for them. No. I just happened to see one jump out of the water. So that's early. They're, they're already here. I mean, we caught one up there on the opener. Yeah, we did. Um, Open a weekend for sure on, well, on the dirt and the dog derby. And we're going to have Eric, Eric Lindy on later. He's been out there whacking on them yeah. on, on the coast. And he said, he said, it's been really fun to watch these things grow because they started, they were like three and a half to four and a half. Now they're up to six, six and a half pounds. And that's the lost piece of information with regard to coho salmon is that they doubled their body size in their last four months of life. They're amazing. They are metabolic machines, right? And, and you see how we take care of our catch. We really never used to ice fish as much as we do now. And we got in the habit um, of doing that down at Bowie 10 because, dude, our river temperatures are freaking. They're coming out of water that's 70 70 degrees plus sometimes. And so um, salmonids are uh, poikilothermic. They are the exact same temperature as our surrounding environment, right? They they neither make nor dissipate heat. So when you take these fish out of a 55-degree ocean or maybe less at depth, right, and you put them up, put them 70 degrees, metabolically they don't know what to do with themselves and that's why they fight so hard right there but when you have a fish like the aforementioned coho that that is so metabolically hot that it can process all this food into doubling its its size and form when you have to ice those fish or they will belly burn so if you so we're we're abs in puget sounds colder than it's been but so we're still icing the crap so let's just it. run guys through our program okay we we hook a fish we land a fish we bring it on board in the net it gets a a little tappy tap from Sean Herzog's uh, <laughs> yes. bonker that he built for you. Um, just enough to knock them out, really. You don't want to yeah. You don't want to completely shut them down. Tell that, knock to, them, tell that to Kevin. Gogan. Kevin yeah, Gogan. Tell that to Gogan. He yeah. shuts him down. Kevin but wants to want, beat a hole in my floorboards. Give them a little bonk, yeah. um, and then they go right into the fish box, and we slit their yep. gills. And, and, and running water in a box. Running water, and as soon as they have bled out, we take them, and they go into one of Bubba's catch Catch bags, the, the right? Taito, the, tie-toe. the, the Bomac tackle with a tie-toe. bag of ice, yep. and then as we add fish, we add ice, and you want them. I like to slurry them around a little bit yep. in there, and I see in in the past I've seen where, and guys will know this. This this is when you're doing it wrong. When you fillet that fish and that meat starts to separate and yep. come apart, you did not ice your fish properly, and that is a a travesty. It is because it is. this is the best eating food on the planet and you have to take well, care of it. And, and you know, with all the fish process and Phil Spiel oh, and yeah. Yamaha, all the stuff we did up in Sitka, I mean, that's a big part of our day. Absolutely. It, it's, it's, the, the it's the other part of that. You know, I bring all these new guys that have never caught right. fish before like Greg and he doesn't understand. Okay. Well, there's more work to be had when we get, you're always looking for work and there's not a shortage of it anywhere on the boat. And then it, especially when you land back at the dock and you know, icing fish, that's one of the things fishing in the south as much as I do. That's just standard because right. the water temps are in that 80 degrees all the time. And you catch this beautiful little fish of some sort and you bleed it and you and you ice it. To the extent of a lot of those boats have fish chillers 
inside the floor to keep, right. so you're not buying ice all the time. You're you're out for overnight trips in a lot of these, and that's just the different things I see place to place on demands on what do I need the outboard motor to support? How much energy do I need? Uh, to run fish boxes because it's a it's a big deal. You're not blessed with the chilly water like you guys have most of the year around here. Uh, you you just gave me an idea for the new boat. <laughs> I want to talk about chillers, dude. What, yeah, oh, they're fantastic. You yeah. flip the chiller on. And you know, oh, you get a little twenty four. Okay, you can okay. put in there. We can dial that into your knees. Mm. But uh, and then you can get a sire marine and turn it on before you ever even oh, get there. Pre chilled. Cold. I mean, because you know, honestly, I mean, you see me. I'm bringing down third. Well. The bags are seven pounds, and I'm bringing mm-hmm. I'm bringing fifty pounds of ice to the boat every day. Mm-hmm. And 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 you know, obviously, this is the peak ice usage time of year. You got to keep that deck that yeti on the deck. But if you don't keep it full, it goes empty, man. You got to so so yeah. I'm bringing about fifty pounds of ice down to the dock a day. Right. You know, it, and 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 it's worth it. You know what you said? You said there's always work to be done. Mm-hmm. Look for work. Yeah. And you on the boat yesterday, at one point, I heard you say, "Always look for work. There's work to be done on the back yeah. deck." And and Jacob Watson sitting in there in the control room was was on point. I mean, he was, he was, he was. scrambling around doing work. He learned how to he learned how to run anchovies. Get in here, come on, come on, Jacob you come Watson, in here. Get your butt in here. All right, he's staying in the control room. Right, he's not going to do it. All right, he's going to you know, hang out there with Matt. But oh, that's fine. But you know, hey, and, and that's a and that's a Jeff Powell call line when when we when we coach at Lake Stevens and 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 so. He says, "Listen, man, you're 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 a guard, and you're not covered by a, by a D tackle in a, in a three man front. Look for work. Yeah, okay? Look, get to check work. The backside, right? Don't just help stand out, there. Get help to out, work. Help out the center. Take a step toward the tackle. Whatever you got to do. Look for work. And 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 on the boat, you know, it's it's the same concept. Obviously, a different field of of play, but there is. And and, and part of that is anticipating what needs to happen next. Okay, and and like a, like a good chess player that's thinking two three moves." Down, down the line, right? It's it, it's good mental practice to, yep. to look at that stuff because with that, there's a safety aspect to yep. that too. You're not going to be surprised by something. And Jacob, you and I were absolutely surprised. Joey goes, all right, we got to ice this fish. And so my head goes down, <clears throat> I open the fish box, and my rod got blazed. Zing. And so I'm trying to keep Jacob away from stepping in the fish box, and Jacob's bashing into my shoulder because my rod is going ballistic right and then only we see it and grab it of course we miss the fish whole so, naked blue herring oh, on just, the deck yeah got yeah, murdered yeah it was dude <clears throat> that bite is so much fun you know but and and, and i want to say this <clears throat> if you guys remember back to that, that are listening and 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 remember back to north of falcon and and i had a call of action for the listeners because the first reg package that was submitted by wdfw to the co-managers had zero july opportunity Zero. Okay. And look what's happening this July. Yeah. It's some of the best angling that, that we've seen in a number of years. And so hats off to all the people that took the time to, to email director Unsworth and, and, and some of the other staff, because without your participation, I don't think they would have listened to us at all. No. And, and now given the current makeup of the commission, in, including, you know, the new advisor, to, to the governor with regard mm-hmm. to natural resource issues, harvest and our traditional outdoor resources are under attack as they have never been before. Got to remember, scary. remember in November, gang, remember in November, that's, I mean, you, if, if you don't think you need to vote fish and you don't think you need to vote outdoors and you don't think you need to vote environment, you're wrong. Step you're up absolutely and, and wrong. let so, your voice be heard. Yeah, for sure. All right. Joey is absolutely dying. He's dying. 
the talk technique. Yes. And we've been going, we've been kind of circling around this whole thing. And, and we've got, you know, people texting in, hey, listen, what's your setup? Can you cover blowback in some segment with a, with a 15 downrigger ball? And kind of thinking about this, thinking about that. So we're going to get into, we're going to get in some hardcore technique. The, the Roy Robinson, uh, excuse me, really where is going to be the last time we're there, of course. But we got the Northwest Outdoor Report presented by Les Schwab Tires. Our dear friend Eric Lindy is going to talk about Monday's opener on the on, on Bowie 10 and a whole lot more. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with a jam-packed hour two with our dear friend Phil Spiels, you and Yamaha as well, right here on Seattle Sports Station 710 and the Seattle Sports app.